Isaiah chapter 41 and verse number 10. This is heavy on my heart. I'm going to, with everything that I have this morning, I'm going to give you what I feel that God has given me. I, I feel a challenge because we are under attack. The body is under attack. And I would like to stand firm in my belief of what I'm going to preach this morning. And I want everyone to walk out of here knowing that God loves you, that God sees where you are, that God knows where you are. This morning, Isaiah 41 and verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm going to title this morning's message, There's Nothing New. There's Nothing New. Look at your neighbor, and as you're being seated, tell them, There's Nothing New. There's nothing new. The New Living Translation, Ecclesiastes 1, verse 8 and 9 says, Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. The Message Bible is a paraphrase, and every once in a while I will run across the way that the writer writes, and it will just speak to what I am feeling in the moment. And I feel that the the writer perfectly sums up verse 9 when he says, There's nothing new on this earth. Year after year, it's the same old thing. No matter where we look, it's the same old thing. Entertainment is rehashing the same old ideas. Songs, I'm not a musician, but I've heard that basically there are only few chords and and rhythms and and it's all you can find the oldest song and you can find something in the newest song that they have in common because it's all the same it's all the same beat it's all the same tune we can add effects we can add things to make it sound a little different but when you get down to the base of it it's all the same thing Long before we lived in a society that refused to to define what a woman is. And that's what it is. It's a refusal. It's not that they can't. A child can look and know the difference in a man and a woman. They know whether they're a boy or a girl. It's a refusal. And long before we had a society that simply refused to answer, there has been an attack on the family. There has been an attack 
on us. Long before the madness of our world right now, Solomon penned these words. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Long before we were ever here today, Solomon said there is no new thing under the sun. Since the time of creation until now, there has been an attack on the only part of creation that God formed himself with his own hands. There has been an attack on humanity. Do not be deceived by anyone. It is going to continue until the day of his return. The attack is going to continue until Revelations 20 and 10 is fulfilled. The attack will continue until the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever until that happens. You may have a moment of rest and peace but until that day happens there will be an attack on you. There will be an attack trying to separate you from Almighty God. I believe that this is the part of the message where I would say, have a nice day. I even have that in quotes in my message just in case. Since the Garden of Eden, there has been a deliberate attack on the one thing the the enemy has access to. And that's your mind. The serpent didn't call a town hall meeting. He didn't say, hey, giraffes, you guys sit in the back because, well, you can see over everyone. Then one giraffe looks at the other and says, man, why do we have to have such long necks? We never get to sit up front. And there's always someone complaining in these situations. And the lions, they're annoyed because they had to sit beside the hyenas and the hyenas keep asking them to say Mufasa. Some of you will get that joke. Some of you will not. Say it again. That's not how it went down. If you remember nothing else. That's not how it went down, though. It wasn't something to where he made his intentions known. No, the serpent went and he found Eve. And he began to introduce into her a thought, a seed into her mind. A seed that with it would bring doubt and confusion. And and it would bring frustration. And it would cause her to begin to question. And I, I don't know this morning the exact timeline of events. But from the serpent to Eve and then from Eve to Adam, there had to be time for the thought process to grab a hold of her. I'm of the opinion that there was some time in between. If you believe different, that's your opinion. I'm just telling you what my opinion is this morning because the idea had to grab a hold of Eve because Genesis 3 and 6 says when she saw, when she had reflected, when she had looked at it with great interest the definition says when she considered the outward signs that not only was it good to eat but also pleasing to look upon not until then did she eat she had time to think about what the enemy had told her she had time to ponder on his thoughts it didn't happen in a moment it wasn't it wasn't a time to where the serpent says look and she said okay I'll just take it and eat it, it didn't happen that way Adam wasn't with her that one moment as soon as the, the serpent got done talking and it's not like the serpent talked and then Eve said oh it tastes good take a bite and then Adam said okay I've heard preachers claim that this is why women will never pick where you go to eat after service on Sundays. Because the last time that they did, everyone got kicked out of the restaurant. I don't know if that's true, but I need us to laugh a little bit because of where I'm going. (laughs) Maybe I should have went back to the Mufasa joke. Something in her took root. And each of them gave testimony to the fact that someone else caused the issue. It was not their fault. Someone else, Eve said, the serpent. And Adam was really brave and said, the woman you gave me. He blamed God and Eve. Please don't act like we respond any different. How many times have we said the devil 
How many times have we have we begun to blame things outside? How, how, how many times have we taken and we begin to blame God because of what you allowed to happen in my life? What you allowed to come my way? How you allowed my family to be attacked? How you allowed the blessing? How you allowed this to be destroyed? Don't act like we act any different. Our response is still the same. Within the last three weeks, I have had multiple conversations with people that they are under a physical, spiritual attack. We have talked in person. We have talked on the phone. I have gotten messages. I've gotten text messages. And I can, I can hear, I can read them in the emails, the despair of their words of where they are and what they're feeling and the fight and the pain that's going on in their life. Uh, do not be conceived. Don't, don't be deceived. It's not a coincidence. Uh, God doesn't work that way. But it, it, it's not a coincidence that over the last month uh, on every Every Wednesday night, we've been studying about our our oikos, our, our surroundings and our family. God works in the details and He knows that your sphere of influence is under attack and you've got to be willing to pray like you've never prayed before. You've got to be willing to fight like you've never fought before. You've got to be aware that there's an attack on your family. There's a spiritual battle going on right now. There's a fight and you're weary. Your mind will not shut off. You can't rest even when you try your mind and dreams. It will not allow you to to even rest because now all you can think of is what is going on. And then you feel the frustration and the weariness and they want to take root in you and it's going to try its best to bring you down. No wonder Paul told us, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God, he said, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You are not in just a fight that you can shake hands afterwards. This is a spiritual battle, and it's attacking you on every side. You've got to understand, this is not just something that happens, but the devil has a coordinated attack we must be aware we're told to put it on so that we can stand against the wiles the schemes the methods of the devil his methods His searching after something through deceit and craftiness. His methods. He's looking for a way that he can destroy your family. And he's looking for another way that he can destroy your family. There's not a day that he's waiting and saying, Oh, I'm just going to let them have a little bit of time. No. Day in and day out. The adversary is looking for a way to destroy your family. He's looking for a way to destroy your relationship. He's looking for a way that he can separate you that he can cause division don't think he won't try to do it even in the house of God someone will look at you wrong and suddenly you're going to have an attitude because they're looking at you wrong don't think he won't work while you're here this morning but understand it there's nothing new under the sun There's nothing new. This is not a new battle. This is not something just because we're having prayer meeting. All of a sudden the enemy's decided, oh, we better get a new battle plan. No, this is the same battle plan. And our battle is not with each other. But we've got to put on the whole armor of God. October 4th, 1857. Nearly 165 years ago. Charles Spurgeon stood before his congregation and opened his message with these words. I shall speak this morning to those that are discouraged. 
depressed in spirit and sore troubled in the Christian life. There are certain nights of exceeding great darkness uh, through which the spirit has to grope in pain and misery and during which much of the comfort of the word is particularly needed. 165 years ago he stood in a pulpit and he looked at them and said there's discouragement and despair. It wasn't the time that we live in today. It was a completely different time. They didn't have to worry about what a woman was. They didn't have to worry about what a man was. There weren't 1700 different different. Uh, you can decide if you're this or you're that, you're binary, you're non-binary. There, were, there weren't all of those things but yet he still stood and said that there is despair and discouragement because there's not anything new under the sun. It's the same attack and it's despair and discouragement. It's something that will try to get you to the place that you give up on God, that you walk away from Him, that you blame Him, that anger sets in. It's something that will try to get you to where you can't pray, you can't worship, you simply exist. This morning I want to borrow from Spurgeon and say I shall speak to those this morning that are discouraged, depressed in spirit, sore troubled in the Christian life. I want to speak to you and remind you of the simple fact there is nothing new under the sun. There is no new source of hope. There is not a new source of peace. There's not a new strength. There's not a new source of power. There's not a new source of encouragement. It's the same one that it's always been. It's Jesus Christ. There's nothing new under the sun. Where you got power from before, you're going to get it again. Where you got hope from before, you're going to get it again. Where you got peace from before, you're going to get it again. God said, I'm here for you. I am your peace. I am your comfort. Stop looking the other way and look unto me. It's the same source that it's always been. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I like the way the Amplified Bible puts it. Jesus Christ is eternally changeless. Always the same yesterday and today and forever. Always the same. Your situation does not change Him. Your weariness does not change Him. Your exhaustion does not change him. You know what else? Your doubt does not change him. Uh-uh. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your doubt of, uh, and, and questioning and, and all of those things. It does not change who he is. He is changeless, matchless. There's nobody like him. Beside him, there is no other. There's nobody like Jesus, and he does not change. So understand me this morning when I tell you I'm not so much worried about what the devil's bringing. I'm excited about what God is bringing. And he just said, I'm not going to change. I'm still all powerful. I've still got all power in heaven and earth. I'm still on the throne. You can still come to me. I am still almighty God. I'm not here to preach about what the devil can do. I'm here to proclaim what God can do. I'm not here to worry about the world. I'm here to proclaim about what God can do. And greater is he that is in me and in you than he that is in the world. There's nothing new under the sun. I don't have to look for a new strength. I don't have to look for a new hope. I just say, oh God, stir up the gift of faith in me right now. There's not a new method. There's not a new book. It's the same book. It's the same word. And that word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's the same God. It's the same God. The same Jesus that said, But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, I didn't even have to break a sweat. It's just the finger. The same God that Isaiah said cut Lucifer to the ground. How art thou fallen? 
Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? The same God. Jesus referenced this when he spoke to his disciples in Luke 10. And he said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. But he didn't stop there. He went on to say, behold, I give give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Understand me this morning. The same God is saying the same thing. I'm giving you power. I've given you authority. I've given you anointing. Somebody hear me this morning. There's nothing new. You don't need to look for a new method. You need to pray again. You need to fast again. You need to worship again. You need to get serious about the relationship because nothing has changed. I'm not looking for a new source of revival. It's going to come through prayer. I'm not. I'm not looking for, for some, some guru to come in and give me some. They, they've got companies that will come if you will pay them, and I won't. I have other things like chairs to buy and tables. But they will come in and spend a weekend at your church. They took the concept of the mystery shopper. Does everybody know what a mystery shopper is? The owner pays this person to go in. And see how everything is in the store. Then they walk out and say, not one person could help me. store was a mess. This is how you would change it. And if you will pay us a little more, we will come in with our program and help you change it. It's the same concept. If you will pay them, they will come to your church. And they will start from the entrance of your church. And they will write down their entire progression all the way until they leave. They will let you know, was Brother Gary and Sister Sharon smiling at the door? They were. (laughs) They were. Did anyone greet them in the sanctuary or did they have to sit sit by themselves? I've read samples of what they tell and and they say, "We we never put anyone in a negative light. We just, we, we know that some people just don't know. That you're supposed to be nice. (laughs) That's how I paraphrased what they just said for about (laughs) $5,000. But they will pay you. And then they will teach you for extra. They will have a seminar on the weekend and all of your leadership is invited. and, And they will teach you how to greet people. How you're supposed to do this. And they'll actually teach you the order of the service and how it's supposed to go. They'll give you samples. All of these wonderful. I'm not looking for any of that. Do I want to do everything in order? Do I want every person that comes in there to have the greatest experience in their entire life and every guest feels welcome? Yes. But I'm here this morning. And I'm not looking for someone to come in and try to change anything that doesn't need to be changed. I still believe that it takes holiness and separation. I still believe that it takes anointing and power. Anybody can have an atmosphere that's created by lights. But I want an atmosphere that's created by the power of Almighty God. And that's going to come through prayer. It has not changed. It's going to come through dedication. It's going to come through fasting. It's going to come through worship. It's going to come through commitment. There's nothing new. There's nothing new. And the fight that you're in right now is not a new fight. What did the serpent do? He only went to one of the couple. He brought division. Discord. It's the same thing. He's trying to get us to the place that all we can focus is what's going on. The phone call, I had a phone call this week. And, and as she was speaking to me, she just was, she was breaking down. And I told her, sis, I don't need to know. But what we can do right now is pray. Because knowing all of the things and all the, all the everything that else is going on, it's not going to make it any different. But going to God will. It's the same fight. It's 
it's the same power. It's the same God. He's the one that I can go to for help. He's the one that I can go to for peace. And right at my kitchen table, we begin to pray. She began to speak in tongues. I'm telling you, there's not a new way. It's going to come through the power and the anointing of Almighty God. There's an anointing that you have. It belongs to you. Start exercising it. Stand in the authority that God has given you and let the enemy in all of hell know I come against you in the name of Jesus Christ. Plead the blood of Calvary over your home. Take dominion and authority. There's nothing new. It's the same God. It's the same God that cast him out with a finger. It's the same God that's living and working in you. Proclaiming there's nothing new. Isaiah said, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This morning I'm encouraging someone to pick up a little bit of armor. There's a battle that's waging against your home. And we're sitting back believing the lies of the enemy that says all I can do is pray. That's how little we think of prayer. Oh, brother, all I can do is pray. I love saying that to people and they're just kind of laughing. Because what else am I going to do? Because it always allows me to add a little bit of extra to it. And let them know that all I can do is pray. It's not a second thought. It's what I have at my disposal. I have entrance and access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And all I have to do is pray. I can come before Him and pray. I can bow before Him. I can kneel before Him. I can lay before Him. I can weep. I can cry I can do it all because I have access to the one that has all power grab the whole armor of God because you've got a fight on your hands but the wonderful thing is it's a fight that has already been won Wherefore, Paul says, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Some of you need to start praying the word of God. You need to start proclaiming that greater is he that is in me. You need to tell the enemy greater is he. I'm not telling you to talk to the devil. But I am telling you that in prayer there can be something on the inside that you can just say God I'm going to let them know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You can just let God know I believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I'm going to let you know God I believe you're all powerful. I believe you're on the throne. I believe you've got this under control. I believe it. up that word of faith fear not why because I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you yes I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand there is nothing new under the sun there's not a new way out 
There's not a new battle. And the same power that is coursing through you right now is the same power that was in heaven whenever God with his finger cast out the devil and he saw him lightning fall. It's the same power that's coursing through you right now. The same power that Peter and them were all able to operate in and they come back excited that the devils were subject to them. It's the same power. It's the same God. same God it's the same God and you have that power you have that authority Spurgeon concluded his message that thing was massive and it was all small font type I don't know if they knew in in the 1800's what a paragraph was they did but he didn't it was just I began to read that thing and I'm going "It's, it's the same battle It's the same fight, but he concluded it with this. And I wanted to just kind of have a little bit of Jesus in my in my office. And he he said, speaking to the devourer, your strength lies in your mouth. Our strength lies in ours too. We will use our mouths in prayer and in constant adoration. And we will conquer yet. For God is with us and victory is sure. The enemy's been talking. It's time some of us start talking. We need to let God know I believe you. I worship you. I praise you. I take dominion and authority in the name of Jesus Christ. I claim it. I claim it. I plead the blood of Calvary over my home, over my job, over my family. Whether they're there or not, I claim victory. I claim victory. I speak it in the name of Jesus. I speak it out. I speak it. Come on, use your mouth a little bit. Use your mouth a little bit. I claim it. I claim a covering for my children. I claim a covering for my home. I claim revival. I claim salvation. Can I let you in on a little secret that shouldn't be a secret? But if you are made in the image of your God, Your God is a speaking God. He had to say, let there be. You have that same power living on the inside of you that you can speak life. The Bible says that the power of life and death are in the tongue. We need to start speaking life. We're going to use our mouth. The enemy's been speaking confusion. The enemy's been speaking lies. When he speaks of the lie, he speaks of his own. I'm here to speak a little bit of truth that, yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. No matter where I go, if I make my bed in hell, your spirit will find me. It will comfort me. I'm going to speak the truth. And the truth is, the devil's defeated. I said the truth is, the devil's defeated. I know he's warring against your home. I know he is. It's not even... And it's, it's not that we're special because, understand me, I was on the phone with a friend that doesn't live in Arnold, doesn't go to church here, and they were letting me know the attack that was coming on their home. And they were just saying, we just want to be right with God. Why are we going through this? And I just told him, because I can. I said, because you want to be right with God. If there wasn't a fight, you would know that the enemy wasn't worried. But because you're hungry and you're thirsty and you're looking for righteousness, you're going to be filled, but you're going to have an attack. But rest assured, God is on your side. There's nothing new under the sun. My dad used to make fun of me because I would have to have certain ties. And I would say something to him. Maybe his tie was old. To a 13-year-old, you know. And he would say things like, it's all right, buddy. His tie comes right back around. Brother Amel, this is one of your daddy ties. 
The style comes right back around. Brother Amo, I've got, I've got thing, uh, maybe 10 of the ties. And he said, come in, look at all these ties. And I'm going, where were they? And man, they've got dates before I was born. It's nothing new. It just kind of comes back around. I, I love their, their memes on the internet. And it's these guys and they think they're stylish and the newest trend. They've got their slim cut pants and their skinny ties. And then there's a picture on there that's from the 50s. And it just lets them know, your dad wore that suit too. <laughs> There's nothing new under the sun. The enemy's got his same playbook. But we're acting like we're the only ones that's ever fought. But if you will, I know I keep using them, but would you listen to that great cloud of witnesses that said, oh, we've already been there, buddy. We, we've been where you are, and look at where we are now. There's nothing new under the sun. The same God. psalmist said it like this lift up your head O ye gates and be lifted up you everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in uh, who is the king of glory he asked uh, the Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle lift up your head O ye gates and be ye lifted up because God is about to show up on the scene proclaim it lift your head up have a little bit of faith proclaim it same God oh I know I know I keep using it but I can't help it it's how that David could pin the psalm from the end of the earth will I cry when my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that's higher than I you're going to be a shelter for me a strong tower from the enemy how can he write it because it's the same God it's the same God that did it then he's going to do it now he's going to declare his power he is the same God you can trust him. You can come to him. He's already been a shelter and he will again. He's unchanging. He's all powerful. He is here to help you this morning. Wherefore you take unto the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Ephesians 6 and 13, that take. I love studying, but that take up the whole armor is different than taking the helmet of salvation. That take up the whole armor is referring to you bending down and picking it up and carrying it with you. It's there. It's your choice. You pick it up. You carry it. It's yours. Because you took it. The definition actually says to take on board and carry off. The armor is there. One definition says to take it as a companion. But the helmet, there's a little bit of a break there. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is not an afterthought. This is not something that Paul is writing and saying, Oh yeah, and you should also probably grab a helmet. No, that takes there. It means to receive. To welcome as a gift. In a parallel verse, Paul says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For a helmet, he said, receive a little bit of hope. To cover your mind, receive 
a little bit of hope. A soldier, they said, would not continue to fight without the hope of winning. The adversary of your soul and mine wants your hope to die. Why do you think the enemy is attacking you, causing so much turmoil, almost to the feeling that you're ready to give up and give in? He wants your hope destroyed because he knows if he can destroy your hope, he has access to you and your family. The Bible says we walk by faith and faith is the evidence of what? Things hoped for. Oh, it's the evidence of things that are hope. I, I, I've got a little bit of faith, God. I'm believing and my faith is telling me that I can have a little bit of hope. There's hope. There's hope because you're not done with me yet. There's hope. There's hope because you haven't come back yet. There's still hope for my family. There's still hope for my home. There's still hope. Take it as a gift. Receive it. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Be not dismayed. Why? Because I am your God. He said, be not dismayed. Don't look around. Don't gaze. Don't turn your eyes away from me. Stay focused on me because I am your God. Dismayed means to gaze away. You can't look at the situation because it's so troubling you have to turn your eyes. But God is saying, don't turn your head to the left or to the right. Keep your eyes focused on me for I am your God. Not only am I your God, but I will strengthen you. That strength is referring to your mind. He said, focus on me and I will make you steadfastly minded. I will cause you to prevail. I will help you. There's nothing new. It's the same God. That definition says, I will give you assistance in the time of your distress. I will give you relief. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's saying, I will grab, I will take a grasp on you, and no one will be able to remove you from my hand. My sheep hear my voice and know them. And, they, and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. There's nothing new. It's the same hope. God's saying I'll hold on to you. I just need you to hold on to me. It's the same way you did it before. That you're going to do it then. You're still overcoming them by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of your testimony. The difference is. You're not alone now. I am with you. I am with you and you are in my hand. I am your God. There's hope. Come on, take the gift. Is there anybody that's willing to take a little bit of hope? Is there anybody? I, I wanted to title this message to grab your helmet, but it just it just wouldn't work for me this morning. But is there anybody that's willing to grab a helmet of hope? Is there anybody that's willing? The gift of God is there, and he's saying, I've got a hope for you. He's offering salvation to you this morning as a free gift. If you are here this morning and you're saying, but oh... I don't even know if I'm saved or not. It's okay. You're in the right place at the right time. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of worse. Least any man should boast. Hear me this morning. It's the gift of God that he gave on a cross at Calvary. And he said, I'm going to open my arms wide. It is finished. And then on the day of Pentecost, they were all in 
one place in one accord and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and suddenly it filled the house where they were sitting and cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each and every one of them. There's nothing new. It's the same God. It's the same Holy Ghost. It's the same hope. We're not here to boast. Oh, believe me. I don't have anything to boast over. By grace am I saved. It's not my works, but His. Oh, it's His righteous hand that's holding me. My righteousness, oh, that's filthy rags. But His. But His, that's a different story. There's help for your mind this morning. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Are you toiling in body or mind? Are you growing weary? Are you being burdened? You're being overloaded. This is causing you physically to be weighted down. And in the middle of all of that toiling, he's telling you, I want to give you rest. First Peter, as we stand and they come to the music. First Peter, five and seven. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth. For you. Casting your anxiety. Casting your anxiety on Him. Casting the thing that is dividing, even fracturing your inward parts. That's what that means. In the original, it said the things, your care, it is the thing that is literally dividing the inward parts of your being. Have you ever just felt torn up inside? So torn up that you couldn't even pray. This is what God spoke to me about this verse. It doesn't even tell you that you have to pray. He just said, bring it to me. Just bring it to me, son. I found one commentary that was going into depth about the word casting and their their definition for it. And 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 if it's not a hundred percent right, but uh, forgive me, but I feel it this morning. It said, with your last effort. After you have carried the burden as long as you can. Take your last bit of spiritual strength. And throw your burden at my feet. Your burden will speak for you. If we have a high priest that is touched by what is touching us your burden will speak for you whatever's causing you anxiety whatever's causing you to be ripped apart inside
cast your cares upon him. Brother Greg, I don't have a lot of strength. That's okay. Take what you do have and let that burden speak for you. Because there's nothing new under the sun. The same God. The same God that Peter was talking about is standing here this morning. He's walking these aisles. You feel him where you are. And he's saying, I'm still your hope. I'm still your peace. I'm still your comfort. Would you cast that care on me? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm reaching for someone this morning. I'm reaching for you with everything that I have. I'm reaching for you with hope. Right now, you're hanging on. So last, you're at your wit's end. You're at your wit's end with life you're at your wits end in this walk you're looking at it and you're saying God I'm reaching for you this morning with hope for the peace that passes off understanding I'm asking you if you will come to this front and pray come on there are Sundays that we can we can we can just go about our way, but not today. I'm reaching for you this morning because there's hope for you. There's hope for your family. There's hope for that situation. The enemy has not won. He's already defeated. He's already lost. He's already lost. He's using what he what he what he's always used from the time of the garden until now. But it's the same God that even after, even after Adam and Eve messed up and his voice began to walk and call out for them in the cool of the evening, what did he do? Oh, he began to make a way out of the garden for them. He gave them hope. He gave them a way out. He gave them direction. He said, it's not over with now. Even though you failed, I will give you hope. Come on, Bethel. Come find a place to pray. Come find a place to pray. Maybe God's leading you to someone. Go be a strength and a comfort to someone. This will be the truth. Let the body work. Oh, sing God.